Hello and welcome to Brokenomics. Now, this episode has had a couple of working titles. We were originally going to go with Hoflation, decided that was a bit disrespectful, so that one has been binned and we're not even going to mention it. Um, so we, we are either going to end up on Brokenomics Women or uh, the Economics of Dating and, and Marriage or whatever it is. Uh, quick note on this one. Uh, it is primarily going to be coming at the economics of uh, the, the, the the dating and relationship thing from a, from a men's perspective. Uh, please don't be offended if you are a woman, because even though we talk about how utterly awful a lot of Western modern women have become, the fact that you are watching this probably means that that doesn't apply to you. So good for you. But um, but yes, there, there, there might be just a tiny, tiny bit of criticism for um, what the West is, is, is currently churning out. But like I say, don't take that personally. Right. So why am I doing a Brokenomics on um, women and, and dating and sex and all that sort of stuff? It, 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 I think there is a very good argument that um, men's sex drive is the basis of, of all economic progress. And I'm not even joking about that at all, actually. Um, it, it is uh, everything you see around you is because a man has decided to try and make himself more uh, attractive uh, to a woman has, has decided to go out and, and do something. I can give you a good example of this. When I when I moved down to Winchester from London for, for various complicated reasons, I had to go like six months before. Um, and, and I sort of basically rented a house before we could sort of do house moves and stuff like that. And my furniture consisted of a sofa, a chair, a computer desk, and a TV, and basically one set of cutlery. And I was perfectly happy for the entire six months. And, and men genuinely live like this and don't see a problem. Whereas if you see my house now, it is bloody soft furnishings and excess bloody wooden stuff and stuff. Anyway, the point is um, that um, men left to their own devices are not going to accumulate enough. Now, where I wanted to come at this was was this meme, which hopefully we can lay up on, sh on screen, which we might have to edit down slightly, uh, which is um, whether it is true or not, this is definitely young men's perception at the moment. And I know this because I have broached on this subject a couple of times and the comments have been fairly relentless that I don't know how bad it is today. But, you know, this meme sort of makes the point that women increasingly, especially on the, on the dating apps, which is now the, one of the primary methods of meeting people, is um, somewhat unrealistic. And that's backed up by good evidence, which hopefully we come into. Um, whereas the women um, on these dating sites are quite often sort of obese, 30 plus, whatever. Um, and it's basically making the argument that, um, you know, this chap's granddad was was five foot eight. He was a bricklayer and he married a, a nice girl in his early 20s who stayed faithful to him, bore him six children. Um, and the argument is, well, modern men have to work five times harder than their grandfathers did for women who are 20 times worse. Again, probably doesn't apply to you if you're watching this, because as we know, Brokenomics women are a much higher tier than uh, than what we're talking about here, but um, but anyway, so this meme sort of went out there and it and it really sort of caught light. Um, a lot of people sort of responded to this, and I've, I've broached on this subject in the podcast a couple of times. But clearly, there is something going on. So, for example, here's a chart of um, of, of Match Group. The, these this is the parent company behind Tinder. Um, they've crashed down from one hundred and sixty dollars per share. Um, in June of 2021 to just $33 now, and it seems to be trending lower. Um, and, and what they cite is a lack of men on their site. Basically, men are just giving up with this. They're, they're, they're deciding that they're, they're going to um, basically just not bother anymore. Um, 
of course, we had uh, a couple of weeks ago. We had the Japan episode where um, where where Connor told us about the the herbivorous men, whatever whatever name he was that he, he gave them. So th- this is this is a sort of a Western phenomenon that is spreading of of men sort of giving up and going away from this. In research for this video, I found multiple videos from um, actually female matchmakers who were basically saying that they were giving up, they were getting out of it, and the reason they cited uh, was was women's completely unrealistic. Um, and picky standards meant that they could never actually uh, ever actually uh, match anyone. Now, I think that the female selective instinct is actually biologically incredibly important. Um, but we seem to be entering a phase where governments are replacing men as the primary source of you know um, uh, female opting out of, of of work or whatever else. Um, I think that society has led us to a point where um, basically the law, certainly family courts and so on, have become disproportionately tilted towards rewarding bad female behaviours um, and leaving men in, a, in an unwantedly uh, negative position. Um, and also, as I've mentioned, the, the whole pickiness um, around women on, on dating sites is, is a bit silly. I mean, they, they, they tend to ask for characteristics in the top 20%, you know, top 20% of income, uh, height, looks. If you multiply those out, you're getting to less than 1% of the, of the male population that they're all pursuing. And I do feel that something has changed. Um, there was a time in the old model and I'm talking, you know, nineteen pre nineteen eighties, maybe, uh, maybe even still applied in the nineteen eighties. But the old model was, um, you got married um, in your early twenties, um, and you had a career and a family simultaneously. The new model seems to be that you go out, you spend a small fortune on university, you get into an awful lot of debt, you start a career, you work long hours, um, you pay everything that you make to your landlord. And eventually you might have enough resources to consider a family in your early 30s, or at least that was the case for the millennials. uh, And it remains to be seen whether that applies to the Zoomers as well. Um, Dating apps, as we talked about, are are pushing this trend. Um, So so basically, look, what I wanted to do is is a couple of weeks ago, we sent Connor out to Japan to investigate for us. And um, people seem seem to like that. So I decided, let's send Connor out onto the dating market um, through these app things and find out what happened. So let's get him in here and, and, and see what we can get from that. Connor. Hello, Dan. How has it been? Awful. Right. Good. So I've got a lot to break down. Yes. I, I do want to start off. I'm glad that you actually said that we don't want to disparage the women in the audience too much here. No. Because far be it from me to be accused of being a white knight, but I have had emails from female viewers that have yes. said, Actually, they do appreciate a sympathetic take towards them when they have inherited cultural perverse incentives to delay starting a family, delay commitment, pursue the boss girl ideal, and have found themselves in their mid-30s watching us going, oh my god, I had absolutely no guidance, and now I can't find a man. And so they have said, well, schadenfreude is all well and good for coping with this paradigm, but actually they appreciate some sympathy. So I do think men and women are even though we're conceived of each other as playing as a kind of competitive zero-sum game and there is a lot of antagonism and resentment between both camps, I think the antagonism and resentment is expressed in a maladaptive way because basically both sexes are hurting in pursuit of meaningful relationships with each other. And so I think a bit more sympathy 
actually will so that's us. probably a good way of framing it it's it's not that our female viewers are are in a different environment they're still exposed to the messaging um through the culture and so on which is basically setting up this antagonistic relationship men are no longer seen as a partner to get through life at their seamers they seem either as an irritant or a competitor or incompetence or a hassle or something like that. It's a sibling economy. So rather yes. than rather than the ambiguous complementarity of the sex is entering into a relationship, we're now mm. like Adam and Eve as Cain and Abel, of where we're competing <laughs> yes. for the same set of yes. resources. And before, where we had different avenues of displaying our sex-rooted competence, we're now competing for yes. unisex dominance. Yes, that is that is a good way of looking at it. Yes, yeah, credit and, and, and power for that one. Yes, and our our, our female viewers are probably yeah they're they're still exposed to this, but they they are seeing through it. Yeah, they're trying to to disentangle themselves from this paradigm. Yes, yeah. So I it is primarily a criticism of the incentive structures that sit behind this, the process of law and all the rest of it. And also, yes, a lot of people aren't as conscious, so they're following these incentive structures and. With the hands-on experience that I have now had because you have made me your guinea pig, mm. I will tell you that I can see firsthand how these incentive structures are working against the stated goals of the platform and the people that are using them. So I actually think we do need to feel an immense amount of sympathy with a lot of people who are using these devices that are just trying to meet someone they can commit to, but are having commitment be construed as a kind of liability for their personal mm. and career development and also the apps themselves discouraging them from meeting a partner. And I think that's mm. worth going into. But I do want to, if I, if I may, set the ground for why this happened. Because to put it in context, mm. you popped up over the office desk one, one morning mm. after Neem Parvini came in and you did a segment on the podcast telling Zoomers how to get laid. Yes. And you, with your very enthusiastic tone that always brightens my morning, Dan, said, Connor, you're a Zoomer. Um, turns out that I don't know anything about Zoomer dating, so do you mind going out and finding out for me? Yes, so so I, I, I did a segment of uh, on how to get laid because basically I'd noticed that a lot of people are complaining about this. So I thought I'd set the world right, and I went on Tinder and I did a little experiment where myself and one of the lovely Lotus ladies signed up for an account. And I, I, I so I, I, we, we did this at the end of the day, and, and I went home, and I've got a two-hour drive to get home. And when I got home, I had had seven people do the like thing. And I was like, and, and to be fair, a lot of them could actually be made up AI bots or something. But anyway. We'll get so onto I, that, I, trust I had, me. I had seven, so I was like, oh, that's not so bad. So, I, so I, I texted the lovely Lotus lady and say, right, I've got seven so far. How are you getting on? And I can't remember the number, but it was something ridiculous, like 650 in the space of a couple of hours. Anyway, so I did the segment on that, and I tried to remain upbeat, but I did possibly come at it with a slightly Gen X perspective. Very Gen which, X. Yes, which is, which is get yourself out there. And I thought, basically, so I, I sent that video off into the ether, and I thought, yes, people are going to thank me for this, and, it, and, and they didn't. Yeah, it in went fact, down like a brick in a duck pond. Yes, which is when I then said to you, um, Zoomers are still complaining at me, um, let's sort this out. Okay, so there's, yes. there's a few reasons why you're... Perspective was well-intended but short-sighted. Right. Are you aware that Gen X dating is basically historical anachronism? Well, I mean, it's basically just... You, you just go to the pub and then you talk to people? Yes. Do you realise that didn't happen for most of human history? 
How do you think men and women met before mixed sex social situations? Oh, it doesn't have to be a, a pub. It could be any sort of community gathering place. So it that could be was a church. Mainly, could okay. Be, so yes. so part, part of the problem with the church is that yes. there are very few attending. And when, yes. when, we, when we give advice here, what we're doing is we're being prescriptive rather than descriptive. So we're right. saying when you want to spend less time on your phone, spend less time at dating apps, go to community gatherings, we're telling you guys to go and do that because we're trying to speak it into being, right? Because it's not okay. currently happening. Because church attendance is in the toilet. There are very few mixed sex spaces outside of university. Bear in mind that the Zoomers have just had two or three years of lockdown, so very few of them haven't gone to pubs, social yeah. settings, clubs, whatsoever. Especially the ones that didn't do that before university and haven't been inculcated into that. So that's filtering yeah, through I the can, age Yeah, I can imagine if you were starting university, which is basically a prime years for meeting people of the opposite sex because there's just so many of them. Yes. And you started around the time of lockdown... That is a bit of a... It's entirely online. Yes. There's no social situation whatsoever. So that's dreadful. Also, yes. when you were going to the pub, it was at the tail end of the sexual revolution, where there were... I don't know if it was that... Sorry, not early. the tail end. Um, the the instigation of the sexual Connor. revolution. Well, okay. But mm. The birth control pill had filtered through the culture to the point of where you now had lads and ladettes. That was not a thing before. Yes, yes. There was a, there was a ladette thing going on at the time yeah. in the early 90s. That was not a thing before the late 80s, early 90s. Yes. Think about it. So that kind of forwardness, that kind of lack of consequences in those engagements meant that there was a brief window of time where people were hyper-social and more up for it. What is right. the X factor that has been introduced that has stopped that? I don't have it on me. Phones. Yes. If you go to a pub now, everyone's like this. They're just staring down. Or they could at any time. Or if you're on public transport, they might have their earphones in. And that means they're totally unapproachable and not able to be engaged in conversation. Like in a gym. Even at a pub now. Does anyone go up to the bar and order? No, they have the little demonic QR codes that they've got on their table. They don't even yes. talk to their server. The server doesn't get bought a, a drink behind the bar anymore. There's no social consideration. So it's a lot harder to cold approach when people are in like little satellite communities, sat at tables, talking on each other. To be fair, now I think back on what I did, a lot of it started with catching somebody's eye and getting a smile back yes. and then sliding over at some point. Yes. Well, I say some point, almost immediately. And also, case, but... think about it. Lots of Zoomers have been raised on screens, so they're a lot less astute to minute social cues. Yes, that is something you have to learn, because as a young man you're basically shit at this yeah. until you practice it and then get it really wrong and then eventually get it, start getting it right. Yes. And if they haven't been raised in a, in a very socially mm. healthy environment, they never learn this skill when they're younger, so it's even harder to develop them when they're older. And there are just fewer opportunities to interact with strangers, particularly when everyone's glued to their phone or has mm. earphones in their ears. And pub culture is down. I mean, so... There was a recent American Attitude survey, and America's a good test case for the rest of the Anglosphere. The Gen Zers who reported during their late high school years to having used alcohol, cigarettes, or weed by proxy in a social situation, because very few are doing that at home alone. It's about 30%. That's down 22% from the boomers and the Gen Xs. Yes, to be well, to be fair, I'd, I'd normally only ever use one at once. Yes, but that's but they're not using any of them. This oh. is the point. This oh, is all in them. one category. Yes. Yeah. Drinking is down among my age. To 30%? Yes. So people just aren't going to the pub. What are they doing themselves? They're at home alone online. This is why the advice isn't working to go out to the pub and oh, meet dear. people. Yeah. So this is, this is genuinely part of the issue. 
What's so, the point of being young if you don't go to the pub? Phones. They're, they're just, they're not leaving the house. Or when they are leaving the house, it's glued to a screen, particularly on public transport. How many, I've, I've often asked this, how many relationships have never been started because people never caught eyes on the tube? Doesn't happen now, does it? But yeah, you I do used get, to pull on the tube, just ca again, to catch somebody's eye. Exactly. But you do get girls on dating Next apps. Stop, why don't you, why don't you come and get a drink with me? You do get girls on dating apps who put in their prompts or their bios or whatever that they fall in love with guys who they see reading on the tube. So the interactions are just never had. Yeah. So people are longing for it, but there's some sort of disaggregated incentive structure that's stopping people from connecting and meeting. It is very interesting. I did have some stats on, on Zumba dating, actually. Go on, then. So most recent YouGov survey, 2020, so a couple of years out of date, but they found right. that most 25 to 34-year-olds, so this is upper Zuma, lower millennial, met their partners offline, so that's 66%. And of the people who meet online, most do it via social media, not dating apps. So loads of people are on the dating apps, but they're not meeting anyone on them. Why? It's almost like it's set up explicitly against that purpose, which I find quite interesting. Well, I mean, if you, if you meet somebody on a dating app, you stop paying for a dating app. Yes, quite. Yes. So... From 29 to 2013, there was singlehood among young men. That increased from 51% to 57%. For young women, singlehood increased from 32% to 45%. The Pew Research put this number about 6 in 10 young men up from 5 in 10 in about 2019. Um, there was so, a so there were more single men than single women? Yes. So some of these girls are about 50, turning a blind eye? 50% of women in their 20s have gone on no dates in the last year. Yes. And 50% of young men aged 18 to 30 have not approached a woman. But, but it, it sounds like a decent number of, of these. Well, well, these young women are either dating older men or they're being two times. M well, most of them, a large proportion of them that aren't going on dates are remaining single. Yes. And they're also not on the dating apps, which means that the level of quality women that's constricted to the dating apps is a very narrow sliver of quality. They're the ones that almost feel forced onto the apps to therefore either seek attention or think that it's their last resort to find a partner. So, yeah, this is my that was my presumption going in when I when I did my my Tinder experiment, is basically hot women in their twenties don't really need this app, so they're not really that prominent on it. Um, whereas it tends to be the women who well that that that's why the the meme that I started this off, you're increasingly sort of getting profiles which is um, somebody who has uh, is is maybe too short for their BMI, um, and basically has um, is a single mum and tattoos and but, but I'm, what I'm what I'm sort of implying is uh, not my first choice. So there's. You've drawn a circle where there's quite a few Venn diagrams there. Yeah. So the kind of profiles that I would notice, there's kind of a meta game to these things because people treat the photos and bios in certain ways, and I think it's because the platform skews towards certain incentives. But I'll, I'll get onto that. Yeah. So some of the common traits that you'll find are women who are overweight, women who have children, women who are clearly very attractive and fall into two categories. One, an obvious fake account that's trying to catfish you onto some sordid website or has like a Snapchat in the bio that's obviously yeah, I, yes, going to I be an OnlyFans link. Yes, I noticed that. And whenever it was that, it always linked you through to their Instagram. 
And it was like they're trying to attract no, Instagram followers. No, that's slightly different, right? So there's, there's two there. So the, the ones that do like a Snapchat or an OnlyFans or something is obviously trying to bait you towards paying yes. for a service. The ones that do Instagram are usually real women, but they don't use the app. They make an account on the app, turn off all notifications, and let it sit there like an like a accumulating asset of where the men are swiping on them. Then the men will look at them and think, oh, okay, if I swipe on her, it will just get buried in the pile. So I may as well go and follow her on Instagram and try my luck. So they're just accumulating Instagram followers. It's a marketing arm. They're not actually using it as a as a dating device. Right. So the most attractive women on there are basically using it as a validation well. Yes, that's yes. I I, I would definitely expect to see that. I, I suspect that a lot of the women on there may even be in a relationship where they're reasonably happy with. They just like the extra attention and validation that comes from this. Maybe I'd be surprised because I would I would wonder how many of the women like that boyfriends would notice and object, especially if his friends are on said dating apps and stumble across his girlfriend's mm. profile. I think it's more likely that there's a lot of single women who use this, and actually the reason they don't have a boyfriend is because looking available on social media and dating apps is a asset. So um, so uh, look, I've, I've actually personally had this before, of where a, a girlfriend will, if they're in the public eye, treat their boyfriend as a liability to their career, thinking that they will get less attention or less followers or bookings or whatever if he's present. Because if they dangle availability on the internet, they might get more opportunities. And um, they're probably right. Because they're, that, they're absolutely right. The yeah. early 30s producer who's looking to book somebody is subconsciously, maybe even consciously, going to think, yeah. yeah, let's get her in. Yep, absolutely. And And so if they have that standing reserve of validation at all times, available via a dating app or social media or career opportunities, then they've got one foot out the door at all times in terms of committing. Yes. And so why would you want one foot out the door when you could have both foots out the door and get all of the monetary and digital validation benefits at the, the tap of a button? And so it's creating a culture of non-committal nature, despite being a dating app. Yes. Let, let's sidetrack slightly from this because mm. I talked in the beginning about how the old model tended to be that you would marry in your early 20s and you'd have your career and your family simultaneously. Yeah. That is a model of gender dynamics which runs in parallel with civilization. The emergence of civilization tends to give you um, the institution of marriage quite often. So, um, you know, the, the Romans did it, you know, Christianity, obviously, it's been a key tenant of that over the time. The Victorians really made it a virtue. And, and I think that has been an enormous driver of our success during the period, because, of course, men, especially young men, will dedicate a, a truly disproportionate amount of their time towards basically trying to attract women or find women or whatever it is. If you live in a society where you get married early, and you are heavily encouraged not to stray from that, and there are strong social penalties from straying away and, and, and going outside of that, you've got an awful lot of energy which you can apply to something else. So that's a great virtue. Now, the thing that I've been thinking about is actually pre-civilization. We know that from the genetic data that everybody has considerably more female ancestors than male ancestors basically saying that um, for the longest period of human time pre-civilization, um, 
women shared strong men, high status men, how it, whatever you would have called them at the time, um, and eschewed a whole bunch of other men. Now there were good biological reasons for doing that. You know, we would we would not be the species as we are if women selected down. So you need as a biological incentive for any species to survive, and you see this all the time in nature documentaries that you know the um, the males do these fantastic displays and the women the females pick the best of them. So there's a good mechanism for that. So actually, so he, so here's my thought. The what we're seeing at the moment with the with liberalism basically being the acid that dissolves civilization is the re-emergence of the natural female tendency which is to disregard as many men as possible and share a small bunch at the top and that what we're seeing now is basically that re-emergence of the natural order and it's always been a civilizational focus to constrain the natural female behavior okay but I, don't, I think that natural female behaviour is developed in response to natural male behaviour. And the reason is women are risk averse because of the difference in physical capacity among men and between men and women. And this is right. actually Louise Perry's reading in this. She says that we are repaganizing in that with marriage waning away as an institution which stops lonely men from upending the civilization because they're frustrated, because they can't have a partner, because one strong man through sheer strength is amassing all the women in a harem, yes. then women are going to start status-seeking those, those strong men, and you're going to get a large group of angry and dispossessed men yes, who have fallen so. outside that. And this is, what, this is what we're seeing now. But that, that's only governed by the fact that the average man can kill the average <coughs> So the woman seeks protection for her and her children from the strongest possible man if it becomes a physical competition between men for the women. If it's not that, if it's a non-violent display of competence which attracts one man to one woman, hmm. then the men aren't in hyper-competition and so the women will, will naturally select with a man that's roughly on their level rather than feel threatened by a lower status man <clears throat> who could still kill them versus being protected by a higher status man. So that's that's not the evidence that we see in these dating apps. So we see that women regard 80% of men as being below average. Yes. We see that women, because you, you, the whole rating system of, you know, are you a one or mm. are you a 10, that kind of thing, you, you, you can actually kind of do that with these, with these dating sites, depending on the number of click-throughs that you get. And if you do that, basically what you see is that men will select... Uh, several points either side of you know if if, if they're if there are seven they they'll be selecting anything from fives up to up to tens whereas women will only ever start at a, at a higher level and upwards unless they are a ten themselves in which case they go for other sure. tens but I'm, but i'm saying i'm saying the reason women are that way is in response to the way that men are because we've evolved in tandem so i i, I think there's good biological reasons as to, as to why women are like that and they should be like that yes um i'm not sure it's a response to to men as such it's just that they they should um and and they do when unconstrained by any sort of civilizational factors seek out the best possible man that they can get and and the problem with our current society is is it is too easy to become deluded that your level is is higher than it actually is no, what, 
But the reason they seek out that man is because strength is equated with the ability to protect her and the ability to acquire So I, I, I think it's less about strength and it's more about status these days. Yeah, but strength and status are correlative. Hmm. Um, and part of the reason that they're being dislocated is because of the information and knowledge economy, which dating apps are a, a consequence of with the, with the invention of the internet. Actually, there was, a, there was a great piece in The Atlantic which found that the American teen birth rate dropped in conjunction with the rollout of high-speed internet to neighborhoods. You can track them directly. I think it's about it's, it's responsible for about 13% drop in every place it was mapped. So these things are directly related, right? So, so and part, part of that is The as internet well, gets better so people are less bored and have less sex. Yes. Fascinating. Yes. And, and part, part of that as well, the reason that women are succumbing to a kind of option paralysis and perhaps have their standards skewed towards the upper echelon of male status. It's twofold. One, in the knowledge economy, women tend to do a bit better. Now, this is because of preferential hiring and affirmative action and how many years of equity feminism. But it's also because on general trends, women are slightly to the higher end of the median of conscientiousness. And Mm. because... The combustion engine made physical strength in lots of different domains where it used to be useful, functionally redundant. And mm. so when you've got a large influx of women into the workforce, gaining preferential hiring status, and their temperaments better incline them to kind of dull typewriting and, and keyboard work, that means that they're going to start out earning the men in their 20s. And you're seeing that. Yes, I, I believe there was a study done in uh, by Cornell uh, I, can't, I can't remember the date. It wasn't actually that long ago. I think it might have been 2020, where they where they looked at this, uh, and, and the, the paper was called "Economically Unattractive Men." And you know, one of the things they observed um, through, through through this study was that women only really want to date men of of uh, an equal, at least an equal, if not a higher status, mm. and in things like education as well. The problem was because the education system, as you've described, is is more uh, hospitable to women, you're getting more educated women going through this process than men. So if you were, you were to apply the rule that women should only get with equally educated or better educated men, that straight away means that only 78% of women can have a man because there is that disparity in educational outcomes because the the educational environment basically just produces more women with degrees and master's degrees and all the rest of it. To watch the full video, please become a premium member at lotuseaters.com.